Amen, faith promise. Give the Lord some praise. Come on. My goodness, what an incredible God. You guys can have a seat. Oh, my goodness. I am so excited for what God's doing at our church. Uh, I'm so excited that we get to come to a place like this and worship. Uh, it is an absolute honor to be able to do that, to be able to lift our hands high, to be able to be in a place with worship like this. I just do not want us to take it for granted. I don't want us to miss out on what God is doing here. Just one more time. Can I hear if you're grateful for what God's doing at Faith Promise Church? Can I hear that? If you don't know me, uh, just ignore the power drill. Okay, if you don't know me, my name is Zach Stevens. Uh, I'm our global student pastor, and uh, boy, I love this church. Um, I, I love what God is doing here. I love seeing what he's doing uh, in every generation, not the next generation, but every generation at Faith Promise Church. Um, and, and I'm honored and privileged to be a part of it. Uh, again, I help oversee uh, all of our, our next generation, our, our, our student ministry. And this week we've had our movement conference. Every year uh, we get together for a couple days and we absolutely seek the face of God. Uh, and it, it's been phenomenal. We had over 600 go. Uh, and again, I, I, just, I just feel this overwhelming gratitude for what God's doing at Faith Promise Church. Uh, you may know this, the, the average church in Tennessee runs 75. The average church in Tennessee uh, baptizes somewhere between three and seven a year. And I think we have over 20 student baptisms scheduled for tomorrow. So God is just good. God is just good. Again, over, over 600 uh, go. And, uh, but, but what I would like to do on, on behalf of those students... On behalf of those students who have broken homes, who come with addictions, who, who uh, come with uh, an absolute broken down spiritually, mentally, and physically, I'd like to thank you, Faith Promise. I'd like to thank every campus for what you've done and your generosity, uh, your generosity with your time, your generosity with your money, your generosity with your service. Uh, these students, there's, there's not a lot of safe havens left. It used to be the home, and that's just not the case for most anymore. But what you have done, it, it, with your generosity, what you have done is you've provided a safe haven. You've provided a place where students can come and know that they're loved on. They can come and find father figures. They can come and find loving mothers. They can come and find that and know that this is a place week in and week out on Wednesdays and on Sundays where they can come and be loved on. And can I just tell you from the bottom of my heart, I want to thank you so much. And I really do believe that we are just getting started. The next generation is going to see a revival, and it's because of your generosity. So every campus, every campus, where we're doing it, I just want to thank you so much. We're so excited about what is coming. Movement Conference has been uh, just absolutely out of control. Uh, the, these students, uh, first of all, uh, some of you guys aren't spanking your kids. Uh, I'll email you later about that. Um, I'm just joking. But... Uh, our student ministry, um, our number one goal is to get students plugged into the body of Christ, plugged into the church. So that's different than a lot of places. Uh, so our, our number one goal is so that for, for students to be at all of our campuses, in the room, serving, on the stage, in kids' ministry, we want this to be their church. So for all of our events, for movement, for fusion, for all of our events, we always align with the church. We don't do our own thing on Wednesday night. We are always aligned with the church. So Coming up, uh, we're going to have a, a, a small group alignment coming up in this next semester. The student ministry is going to do it because what we want to do, we, we, we don't have something separate. We want to work together. Faith Promise wants to be a multi-generational church. So our, our goal, our theme for the year as a church was what God calls you, calls you out. 
So that's what we talked about uh, at Movement. Uh, we talked about the fact that God has called them to be a part of the team, that God has called them to get in the game and play their role. Uh, at a lot of churches, what you'll go to find is you'll find that you have to wait and do ministry in your 30s and in your 40s. But I don't know about you, I don't think that we should make the next generation wait that long. I think that they should get in and start fighting and make a difference today, that they should see their friends and family come to know Jesus today. So we, Faith Promises, at all of our campuses, just if you could, could you live, just, just lift a loud shout of praise to let the students know that this is their church, that you want them to be a part. Could you guys just encourage them at all of our campuses, just let them know. We love you guys so much. My goodness, you guys should see some of these students, some of our next pastors, worship leaders, our missionaries, uh, they're here. They're already here. Uh, and and what, what you're doing with your generosity and with your example is, is showing them the way, is showing them something special. So again, I've been overwhelmed with gratitude uh, this week for you. Uh, and, and you'll never know what's happening. You'll never know how bad they smell. And God in heaven, they smell. And you would think it's just the boys. I walked into an elevator with beautiful young girls and the doors closed behind me and the fog wafted. Not like the fog of the Lord, like the fog of stank, okay? Then I was like, who, which one of you dolls could secrete such an odor? It was rough. But we made it through. We made it through, okay? Uh, it, was, it, was, it was great. It's fantastic. So movement, something special we did this year is we moved it to UT campus. Um, we, we, we decided to stop going to the beach a couple years ago because uh, a lot of families can't afford that, and we want more lost uh, people to come and be a part of what God's doing at Faith Promise. So that's part of the vision behind that. So we were on UT campus this year. And it was a blast. Uh, but if, if you follow uh, UT football, uh, if you follow them on social media, one of the things they're saying whenever they post the new recruits or the people who will be starting next year, they use this hashtag, hashtag got next. Because they'll be the next person in the game. They got next, hashtag got next. And I think a lot of our next generation people think that. I, I got next, I'll, I'll be next. And what we talked about in, in movement is we want them to know that they have it now that we want them to play, we want them to fight now. And students, I hope at all of our campuses that you heard these adults clap because they believe that a brighter future sits in your hands. They believe that you are gonna be the ones to see this, this ridiculous thing called racism and this foolish thing called divorce and this overarching hatred and lie that we will see you guys diminish that through what God wants to do through you. That's why they clapped, that's why they cheered. Amen, it's you, FP students, it is you. So we're excited about that, excited about what God's doing, but we need a generation to rise up who will not fall for the trick plays of the enemy. That they, that they will not fall for, for the trick plays of the enemy, but they will, they will follow the real deal, what God has called them to do, that, that they will chase after that. See, the, the enemy kind of puts up a highlight reel of sin. Uh, and, and a lot of our adults are on it, but especially our, our next generation, our students, they're a lot all over social media. And social media is just a highlight reel, right? It's just a highlight reel of what's going on in people's lives, you know. You, you look at somebody and, gosh, their lawn is so manicured, manicured and that, oh, they're on vacation. They may, must make a lot of money. All this stuff, we see the highlight reels of people's life and we compare it to all of our crap. So these students are looking at these highlight reels. We're all looking at these highlight reels. And I, I just think that the enemy shows our students and all of us this highlight reel of sin. This, this thing where it looks so good and, and the, the satisfaction that's so fast and, and we see, they see all these things and, and they, they want to chase after it. I think we all want to chase after it. 
And what I want to do is I'd like to give you a highlight reel of movement. Uh, what we talked about at movement, because the reason I want to tell you about that is because I want us to do this together. As somebody who has given their life to Faith Promise Church, and I don't see any end in sight for me. I want, to, I want to be here until I get to hand off the baton to whatever God has called me to do at Faith Promise Church. I just believe the brightest days are ahead. And so what I want to do is I want us to do this arm in arm. I want us to do this with a young student and a young adult a middle schooler and a middle-aged uh, person. I wanna see a, a senior in high school and a senior adult doing ministry together because we're a multi-generational church. We wanna see God touch every life that is, uh, that is available. So I wanna give you a highlight reel of the things that happen at Movement, and then I wanna bring it all together, and I want us all to chase the world. The reason we called it Movement is because God has already started a movement at Faith Promise Church, but we are believing for a movement that doesn't stop in our current nine, uh, our current nine campuses, but we are believing for a movement that will impact the world. We're talking about an eternal God that we worship. Why would the movement that God has started here not affect the whole planet? So let's pray and get into what God has for us. God, we come before you right now. I surrender my message notes to you. I surrender my goals to you. God, I pray that all of us who walked in here with stuff today, that we would surrender it to you and we would ask you to move and we would ask you to uh, we, we, we just ask you to, Holy Spirit, just give us a new revelation of what you have for us today. We love you, and we're anxious to see you change lives. That this place, all these camps will be beacons of hope. We love you, and it's in your precious name we pray. Amen. I'd like to give you some highlights of some things we talked about at Movement, but I, I need to tell you about one of my personal highlights first. On Wednesday night... We, we had a great worship service, and, and it, was, it was incredible, but we didn't get back to the door. We, get back, we got back to the dorms, and, you know, we've got, you know, 600 people, so we're trying to get all the luggage situated, all this stuff. So at 2.30 a.m., I don't know if you, some of you guys know there's two 2.30s. There's the p.m. that you see, and there was the a.m. one that I saw all week. I'm not bitter about it or anything, but there, there's two 2.30s, and, and I'm up at 2.30. I do not do 2.30, okay? 2.30 is not where I live. All right, so 2.30. It's 2.30, and students, what they had, the reason I was up so late, we were up so late, is because students had, they had went to their rooms, and then they had went to each other's rooms and fallen asleep. They went to each other's rooms to hang out and stuff, and, and then... They, there, there was some room switching and things like that, and some of the leaders knew, but some of us didn't know. And so we're try, so we're, we're not going to go to sleep, obviously, till we know where every student is. So what, so we we have to find all the students. They're all on campus. They're all in the dorms. But I, we have to know before we can go to sleep that we have them all, that they're where they're supposed to be, all that kind of stuff. So I, we're we're going around the dorms. It's crazy. They already stink. It's just, it's just they as soon as they get on the bus, they just, just stank. Okay, um, and so what what. What we, what we did is, it's 2.36. I mean, look at my watch, 2.36, and, and I'm desperate. And so, students, it's the craziest thing. In the lobby, there's a pile of luggage that no one has claimed. Sleeping bags, pillows, bags of underwear, all kinds of things. The students have got to their room, and, they, and they're like, ah, we don't need that. The week will be fine, right? So, which it happens every year. It's unbelievable how students will do that. So, I go over to the bag of luggage, and there's quite a few Walmart bags that I can see through, and it's the snack bags. <laughs> now listen, 2.30 in the morning, calories don't count. So I open the first one, and there is some, there is some bakery fresh chocolate chip cookies. I assume the student wanted to tie those cookies. 
So I ate the cookies. Okay, so I'm eating the cookies, and I'm laughing so hard at what I'm doing. Tears are rolling down my cheeks. I am horse laughing. I'm having a great time. If that was your student, please see me afterwards so I can tell you how good they were. I appreciate it. But um, I'm eating those cookies, and uh, our staff, they're over there working. They're work staff, uh, people on staff, volunteer staff, they're working like crazy. I was jokingly, I walked up with the cookies, and I said, hey, guys, I bought y'all some cookies. Which is crazy in itself that I, at 2.30, that I went and bought them cookies. But they were delirious. They're like, oh, thank you. We ate all this kid's cookies, okay? I still don't know who you are, but I appreciate it. And then, unfortunately, the sin had started, so I just went to all the snack bags, found what I wanted. I had it. I had it, okay? I did it. I'm confessing my sin to you. Um, but that, that was a really high point for me. I know you might think it's a low point. I don't feel bad one bit. 2.30 in the morning, uh, my inhibition had went away. So let me walk you through some things we talked about at Movement. Pastor Micah uh, said this uh, on our Wednesday night service. He said, see the finish line uh, of faith and start running now. Talked about what students, what, what are you running towards? What do you want to see? Uh, you, what do you want to see your life accomplish? Are you running the, ra- ra- the race of popularity, of wealth? What do you, because after you finish that finish line and you are empty, you will have wasted that. So see the finish line of your faith, a, a, a race that will change the world and start running now. Again, we want them to run now. The next night, Pastor Jeff uh, laid some truth on us, and I think this is true for a lot of people in the room. It is absolutely huge. The key to, to a comeback is forgetting about the past and fighting for the future. And, and you, you may not think these students have a past because they're so young, but we prayed over students who, who had been raped. We prayed over students uh, who their, parent, their mom or their dad had abandoned them. We prayed over students who have been doing drugs for years. They're in high school. And what we asked is that we would let them know, hey, you, we want you to start your comeback now. And we want you to forget about your past and start fighting for your future. And we are huge at faith promise, not about only fighting for ourselves, but about fighting for others. The next night on Friday night, I got the opportunity to speak, and I, I, I preached about which offer letter will you sign your life to. See, we had, we had about 600 people come to movement, and on Friday night, we opened it up to the public. And we had almost 1,000 people come uh, on Friday night, which was incredible. Tons of students got saved. Moms and dads got saved. Amen. You can clap all the campuses. Give God some praise. It was phenomenal. It was great. And we talked about that there, there are only two teams that play for those God teams, those God's team, those devil's team. There, there's, no, there's no student section. There's, this is not a spectator sport. You have to sign on the dotted line. Who, which team are you going to play for? It was a fantastic time. And then Pastor Noah laid some truth on us as, as we're finishing the week. And he said, we are unstoppable if we are united. And that's why I want to bring all of this together. We are unstoppable if we are united. And I'm not just talking about the student ministry. Every ministry at Faith Promise, we do this thing together. Every ministry at Faith Promise, we want to see uh, middle schools, high schools transformed. We want to see homes transformed. We want to see workplaces transformed. But the only way we're going to see that is if we unite together and we fight for this one cause. We fight for this movement that is grace that God has laid on us. But you know what I think, and I, I walk you through these things, and we come each week into Faith Promise Church, and Pastor Chris, who's a phenomenal communicator, he's a man of God, he, he gives us so much truth. And you know what, I think that we have, we have enough truth to change the world. I really do believe that. I don't think, I, I, I do not think that the, what we're lacking is knowledge. I think what we're lacking is obedience. 
I don't think what we're lacking is more scriptures memorized, but it's more steps of boldness and faith to love on somebody who needs it. I don't think that the, the, the drawback, what the, the, the dam that is stopping the revival from falling on our area, I, I, just, I just don't believe that it's more knowledge, but it's more obedience. So what I think our movement needs is power. What I think our movement needs is power. And I, that, that's why I've got this up here. This right here is a Sawzall. And uh, I was gonna put the blade on there while up here. I use a handheld, so I, I, I wouldn't be able to do that. Right. I'd have hurt myself, and then y'all would have laughed. I'd have bled out. Y'all wouldn't have cared. It'd have been a real situation. Um, and so, uh, so but, but this is a Sawzall, and it's, it's an it's a incredible tool. It's an incredible tool. It gets you in there in places a chainsaw can't go. Uh, it, it's, just, it's just incredible. It just cut anything. It's fantastic, right? You, you could really vandalize your brother's car with this thing. I don't know that for you know, experience or anything, but this is a very helpful tool unless there's no power to it. Right now, I've got this tool and I've even got a blade loaded. I'm, I'm ready to go, I'm ready to do some work. I'm ready to accomplish my task list. I'm ready to get my honeydew list done. But right now, it's useless to me. You know, I, I mean, I guess I could try to saw it with my own, in my own power, and my own effort, but I'm not gonna be able to get near done what I could if I had a power source hooked to it. So what I think, Faith Promise, God is doing some incredible things. The movement at Faith Promise is special. One of the fastest growing churches in the nation. But I don't think anybody in this room is satisfied. I know that I'm not satisfied because my best friend still doesn't know Jesus. I'm not satisfied because I still see students walk in week in and week out telling me my parents are still getting divorced. My mom still doesn't know Jesus. I'm not satisfied because we need God to move in a radical way. So what our movement that's already so, so potent and God is already working so much, I really do think what God wants to do is he wants to go to another level. And he wants to put some power into the, what he's already put into all of our campuses. And what he's already put in our hearts. I think God wants to supercharge what he is doing here. So that's what I want to talk about today is putting more power to our movement. In Acts 1, 9 through 7, it says this. This is Jesus talking. He says, um, uh, he, he said to them, it is not for you to know the time or the dates the Father has set aside by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be witnesses into Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And after, and after this, he said, uh, after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes. This, this is the last thing that Jesus said. He said, I'm gonna give you power. You know, he, you know, he even said, it's not for you to know when I'm coming back. Don't worry about when I'm coming back. I think if he wrote this verse today, he would say, don't worry about what CNN is saying. Hey, hey, stop stressing out about what Facebook is saying. And what, what, what I want you to focus on is the power and being the witness. But I know that being a witness is hard. I get butterflies in my stomach when I witness to people. I do. But if we would attach some power to it, and that's what we need through the Holy Spirit. We need some power to walk into what we're doing, to, to see this movement, see a revival, to see the world be changed, we need to plug in some power to the movement that's already going down at Faith Promise Church. God gave me a revelation for this, and I wanna share it with you. I'm so excited about it. My word for the year is spirit-led, Holy Spirit, so I've really been, really been chewing on this. And you know, I, I've been a Christian for a lot of my life, and, and I've got to see some special things go on, and, but you know, in, in, uh, in John, it talks about, Jesus says that we will do all the things that he did in greater. But I don't know about you, uh, sometimes I just don't feel like I see that in my life. Sometimes I don't feel like I see that in our church. Sometimes I don't feel like I see that at our campuses. I mean, we're doing some great stuff, but 
Jesus was feeding 5,000, and Jesus was raising dead to life. Jesus was doing some crazy stuff. And, and I, I, I've just been seeking after Jesus on this, and sometimes it can get discouraging. And I was just rolling through my mind and thinking, Jesus, what, what's the difference? What is it? And, you know, I've always, I've always let myself uh, sh- be shortchanged. I've always said, well, you know, the reason that Jesus is doing so much more is because Jesus was God. You know, the, the hypostatic union where he was all God and all man in one body, which is special. That's why he does all these things. But as I matured, Jesus said, no, Zach, that's, that's not it. Keep searching. And I thought, well, it's because he's sinless, right? It's because he's sinless. I sinned looking at some of your students this week. I sinned. I did. I did. Those ones you're not spanking. I sinned. I didn't hit them, but I thought about it. I thought, it's because he's sinless. That's why. Because he had to be the propitiation, uh, the sacrifice for my sin. That's why I can't do the things that he did. Yet again, Jesus said, Zach, keep looking. There's more to it. And I started doing my study this year. and I read about when Jesus was baptized, just like so many of us have been baptized. So many of us have been baptized this weekend, this year. And in uh, John 30, so 35, it says that Jesus was baptized, and when he was baptized, the Holy Spirit came and remained on him. And it says that the Holy Spirit stayed there. And Jesus has been working on me recently saying, Zach, that's why I did all those things, is because I let the Holy Spirit remain on me. Not breaking communion with the Holy Spirit was the most important thing to me. And you know what? That's something that I can do. I can't be God. We can't be Jesus. We can't, we can't do that. We can't be sinless, right? A lot of us sinned on our way in today but we can be filled with the Holy Spirit. The devil doesn't want us to know that. The devil wants to get caught up on little things like the sin you committed, uh, on little things like you don't, you're not good enough. But God wants us to get caught up in the fact that we can be filled with the same spirit that Jesus walked in day in and day out. I'd like to walk you through a scripture where I had this revelation. I'd like to, I'd like to talk you through it, and I think there's some, just something powerful in here. And I'm not going to read you the whole scripture. I just, I just want to talk you through some highlights that I think are special. I just want to ask you to really hone in on these. these this is incredible. In Luke chapter 4, we see Jesus go and Jesus is tempted. It's when the devil takes him and he tempts him. If you've never read it, Luke chapter 4, it's incredible. It'll get you, it'll get you excited. It's easy reading. It's fun. But there's some stuff in there I never read. As I was reading my Bible reading plan this year, I came across some things where, where the Holy Spirit and Jesus were together that I never thought before. And this is where I saw that, yes, Jesus was God. But that's not the only reason he did his, his, all these things. It's true, but it's incomplete. Yes, he was sinless. That is true, but that's incomplete. The reason he walked in this way, the reason he walked in this power is because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And we see this in Luke chapter 4. Just as it starts in Luke chapter 4, verse 1, it says that Jesus full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. He was led into the wilderness to be tempted. You see, what the, the Holy Spirit led him full of the Holy Spirit. He left Jordan where it was safe, where it was comfortable, and led, in, led by the Spirit into the wilderness where he was tempted. See, the Holy Spirit gives us placement. The Holy Spirit takes us where he wants us, where he wants to see us grow. At the beginning, that's whenever, whenever life is hard, I just think that the Holy Spirit has something for you to learn there. See, the reason Jesus went to the wilderness, the reason that he was led there, because I don't know if you know this in your life, but the Holy Spirit isn't always leading you to the easy. He's leading you, he's leading you to a purpose. He's leading you to life change. We don't get saved so that our life can be all warm fuzzies, butterflies, and rainbows. We get saved so that we can further this mission that Jesus came to die for. The Holy Spirit gives us placement. 
Our placement won't be comfortable. Sometimes it'll feel good, and sometimes we'll get this overwhelming rush of God's love. But a lot of time, our placement is fighting for others. That's what Jesus did when he fought for us. The Holy Spirit gives us placement. As, 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 as Jesus is being tempted by the devil, as, as, as he is looking, and, and I love it, because Jesus could have said, I'm the son of God, get out of here, or I will smite you, right? He could have done that. That's not what Jesus did. Jesus used scripture to combat the devil. The same thing that we have. He didn't pull rank on him. He, he stood up in the face on something that we have ourselves. After he overcame temptation, it says in Luke 4, 14, it says this. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Holy Spirit. And news about him spread throughout the whole. This is huge. My gosh, this is so big. This is huge. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Holy Spirit. After he followed his placement, he was filled with power. If Jesus needs power, my God, don't we need power. Right? If Jesus needed, his, if he needed power to go do his ministry because the Holy Spirit gives us power, I don't know about you, I need some power to go to work. And I work at church. I work at church, I need some power so I don't choke anybody. Maybe I've got anger problems. Either way, but the Holy Spirit gives us power. Jesus needed power to go do his ministry. We need power to go do our ministry. Again, reading your Bible, spending time with God is huge, but your relationship with the Holy Spirit, fostering a relationship with the Holy Spirit is paramount to receiving this power. We need a generation to rise up. We need a generation of parents and grandparents and people in the workforce and people voting and people going to the grocery store who are marked by a powerful life, who are marked by they'll put your, their hand on your shoulder and they don't even know you and they'll say, hey, I love you. And, they, and they'll look at you and say, you're weird. You'll say, I know. I go to Faith Promise. There's tons of us. We need a life marked by power. If Jesus needs it, there's no question that we need it. Towards the end of Luke 4, Luke 4, 18, this is, oh man, this is so exciting. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. This is Jesus. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me. Uh, to proclaim the good news to the poor. It doesn't say that this is, he's doing this because he's Jesus. He's doing it because he's filled with the Spirit. This could be us. This should be us. This is what we're called to. The Lord has come on because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners, recovery to sight to the blind, set the oppressed free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That's that whenever you give your life to Christ, when you get saved, when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, that's what you're called to do. Whenever you look in the wake of your life, whenever you look back on 2017, you should see just a wake of freedom. You should see marriages restored. You should see addictions falling off through the power of the Holy Spirit because when he places you, he will give you power and then he will give you a purpose. God didn't put us here for no reason. He didn't send, can you imagine sending your son the thing, the one thing that, Jesus, that God only had one of to die on a cross for no reason? I don't even want to serve a God like that. But that's not what he did. Jesus died so that we could receive the Holy Spirit so that we could have placement somewhere to work, so that we could have power, the, 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 the ability to do what he's called us to, and we could have purpose where there is a wake of life change behind us, where there is a legacy of lives being changed. Now, I, I, and maybe you've heard something like this before, maybe not. This is, I, I'm experiencing the Holy Spirit's power in my life in a new and a special way. 
I've been dealing in this scripture recently, and, and Pastor touched on it last week, and I want to touch on it. It's in Ezekiel 47. I want to read it to you, but it's challenging. It's challenging. And I just got to tell you, I know there's some, there's some heavy hearts in here. I know there's marriages that are just, they're hanging on by a thread. I know there's lives in here that are hanging on just by a thread. And if that's going on at our campuses, imagine what you walk by every day at work with people who've turned their back on God, with people who feel utterly and totally abandoned. Just for a moment, we have to feel, we have to feel that burden. That's who we are. We weren't bought with a price to not be used. I want to walk you through this, this scripture in, in Ezekiel 47. And, and what this is, this is in the Old Testament. This is before Jesus, obviously, this is before Jesus came and died on the cross so we could have the Holy Spirit. What this is, this is a foreshadowing of the Holy Spirit coming. And it's, <laughs> it is special. This is a foreshadowing telling about what will happen when the Holy Spirit comes. Just let me read it to you. Um, this it, is a, a prophecy that, that uh, Ezekiel got. As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits and then led me through water that was ankle deep. Then he measured off another thousand cubits and led me through water that was knee deep. And then he measured off another thousand cubits and led me through water that was up to the waist. He measured off another thousand cubits and it was, it was a river that I could not cross. What, what the, and I'm going to keep on reading, but what this is talking about is, is the, the Holy Spirit a lot of times in the Old Testament, even the New Testament, talk about a water, a, a flood. Whenever he's talking about this water, he's, he's referring to the Holy Spirit coming and coming. And just, just, so, just so you know, equate that water with the Holy Spirit, and let's see the purpose of it. Because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in, a river that no one could cross, he asked me, son of man, do you see this? He led me back to the bank of the river, and when I arrived there, here we go, this is, this is huge. When I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. And he said to me, this water flows towards the eastern region and goes down to Arabah, where, where it enters the Dead Sea. Pastor talked about that last week, the Dead Sea. Here's the Dead Sea, and then it empties into the sea. There is no life in the Dead Sea, hence the Dead Sea. There's nothing on the bank of it. There's nothing that can live inside. It is where death is. It is the epitome of death. Nothing can live there because the salt content, it just cannot live there. However, whenever this river flows into even the Dead Sea, the salty water there becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever, oh, this is great, wherever the river flows, there will be living creatures. There will be large numbers of fish because this, is, this water flows and, um, and there and makes the salt water fresh. Whenever this river, when this Holy Spirit river flows, it doesn't matter if it flows into the Dead Sea, there will be life. And a lot of us, we're dealing with something that looks like the Dead Sea. It looks impossible. It looks insurmountable. There's no way I can have victory there. But if we let this water flow into it, we will see life. We will see it teeming with life, with fish. It's unbelievable. And not only that, but think about the world today. I don't know about you, but I force myself to watch the news just so I can keep my burden strong. I force myself to stay on social media so I can see what our students are seeing, and I am burdened. And it feels so often like a dead sea. 
the addiction of pornography, the, the, the rate of divorce, all these things. It feels like a dead sea when I look at these students and my heart is broken and they're saying, Zach, I've got no reason to live. And it's just, it's death in their eyes because they don't understand the, 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 the love that Jesus has for them. But I want you to notice in Ezekiel what he said. The farther he stepped in, every thousand cubits, the water got higher. And I believe what that is, that step forward, that's a step into surrender. And when we step into surrender, maybe you're sitting at ankle deep of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've got some stuff, some pet sins that you want to hold on to. Some things that you feel like are yours. But I just got to tell you, if you want to hold on to those, the Holy Spirit is going to be at ankle deep. And maybe you think, okay, I, I, can, I can get my pants wet a little bit, so I'm gonna go in, I'm gonna go in knee deep, right? But you have this stuff you have to hold on to. You can't put your arms down or, or, or you're gonna get rid of this addiction or you're gonna get rid of this insecurity. You'd have to let it go. But maybe you've been coming and you've been getting, you, you, you're seeing God move, so you're getting a little bit farther and it's waist deep. What we have to be able to do, it says that that river is we could swim in it. We could jump into it. And that's what we have to do, Faith Promise. We have to jump into that river, that river of surrender, that river of the Holy Spirit. We have to jump headlong in, not just for ourselves, but for the world around us. Our movement, the movement that God wants at Faith Promise will not be a movement marked by our works, but it'll be a movement marked by us jumping into that river and that propelling us to a supernatural ministry. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done. Jesus' good will always outweigh our bad. I want to pray over you, and I want to ask you, I want to ask you, whatever you're holding in your hands, while I pray, I'm actually going to ask you to physically put your hands out like this. I'm going to ask you to ask God to take it so you can jump headlong into that river. Let's pray together. God, we love you so much. And we do, we want to be surrendered, God. We want to see you move in a miraculous way. God, we want to jump into your river, Holy Spirit. Please give us the boldness to jump in. Give us the strength to jump in. Give us the ability to jump in. God, we need you to move in our lives. We need you to move in our country. God, we need you to move in our world. We don't know how long we have till you come back, Jesus. And the only power source that can propel this movement to revival is the river of the Holy Spirit. And I just pray that there would be men and women, boys and girls of every generation that would jump in and would see you move in a miraculous way. God, we love you. God, we're desperate for you. Please give us, give us again the boldness. Give us just a tenacity to seek after you and see your mission furthered in our life. We're surrendered to you. It's in your precious name we pray. Amen. Have you guys enjoyed being in church today? Let's watch this promo for upcoming series.